This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This episode of the Golf Game Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game palais to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks at sportsgamepodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamepodcast.com slash W Y N N B E T. State restrictions do apply. And don't forget to go head over to the SGPN merch store. Uh, that's store.sportsgamepodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off all orders of $40 or more. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's the Players DFS Show. It's your boy, Boston Capital, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Sharma, and very special guest, Mr. Andy Lack. Andy, what's up, buddy? Not too much, guys. Um, honored to uh, to be a guest on your guys' show tonight for such a prestigious tournament. And uh, I'm pretty excited for this week. I've always been like a low-key fan of the players. I know it gets some shit as like people make fun of it as the idea of this like fifth major because it's obviously not on the same tier as the majors. But I think as a standalone tournament, it's uh, it's pretty great. So I'm pretty pumped for this week, guys. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope this year doesn't isn't is a disaster like it was last year. The weather looks like it's oh yeah, co- cooperate like what what a shit show last year was like it was crazy. But yeah, I haven't this, even yeah. looked to be honest. Is it supposed to be super windy or anything like that? It's gone back okay. and forth, so it looks like there's going to be some sort of weather system that happens sometime in the middle of the tournament. Now it seems like it's going to happen overnight Friday to Saturday. Uh, I was looking earlier, looked like maybe there could be a little bit of wind on Saturday. Um, it's changing though. It's a little, it's fluctuating. So I think it's, I think a cold yeah. front's going to come through kind of depends on the timing. Uh, maybe slightly a advantage to PM AM, but it's early. I, so. I hate having to deal with that. I was just going to say like, honestly, like, I just hope that like the waves are even like, yeah. I just like, I don't want to have to like talk or write about a wave advantage because it's the most annoying thing ever. Yeah. I mean that, that burned me bad last week. I mean, my hour card looked fantastic after 36 holes, but you can't win a term after 36 holes. And then everybody realized, Oh, I don't like Bay Hill. And then they crater down the leaderboard. So uh, that was a, uh, that was a nice reminder to don't maybe overreact to uh, certain wave splits uh, either sawgrass or Bay Hill. A lot of these tournaments that, where of course history seems to matter a whole lot, you know, at, at this, uh, you know, these type of tournaments. Yeah. I feel like this, I yeah. feel like this place has less like uh correlation to like course history. Cause you can eject so fucking fast. Yeah. Like it, it right. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, like, yeah. This, this, so just, we talked about it last night. This is problems on every single hole, everywhere you look, it's designed to, to mess with you. And if you make a mistake, you're ejecto. That's it. Yep. Hey, Andy, well, have, you I, ever, I, have you ever, have you ever played TBC? Have you ever played TBC Sawgrass? No, I'm not paying 500 bucks for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than that now, dude. It's like fuck. It's like eight or nine hundred dollars. That's so stupid. That's so silly to me in terms of yeah, just like the concept of some of these public golf courses in America. I just, yeah. I don't really understand it. I mean, you've played it, right, yeah. Capper? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think? pay though. I never pay. Like I used to have wholesalers. Wait, how? How did you get you know on I mean? without it's- paying? 
Because the wholesale would pay. What's the wholesale? So like wholesale. So when I was in like finance, guys who want me to sell their products. Oh, right? they come. Okay. They come and like, hey, you want like you sold this much of product X. Do you want to come play TPC? Yes, I do. <laughs> and so he's a member there, and I sold a lot of his products. So I played with him. What What would so, you? Yeah, listen, I, I love it. Like like what like how much do you think a round of golf should be there? I don't know. Like I guess maybe like two hundred bucks, two fifty. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. I don't know, because like I play King and Bear too, which is really nice. That's like a buck twenty-five. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, two fifty seems like the max you should be paying to play golf anywhere. Like, I agree. It's nice, but it's, I agree. It's nice, but it's not like I can play the die. I can play the the the, the, the die course. course, the Valley course uh, for like one hundred twenty-five bucks. Which I've heard is pretty good in its own. That's cool as well. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. I like that course a lot. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let me transition a little bit to talk about the TBC Sawgrass. So, mm-hmm. there's a couple changes that have been made to the golf course. Some subtle stuff. Uh, you know, the I think the guy's name is Jeff uh, Plotz, maybe the tournament director. Yeah. He said that they wanted he to add. Came a over more. from Southwind, or or he he's been at a couple places. Southwind, Scottsdale. Yeah. 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 So they they basically wanted to put a little more peat dye back in this place because it's been softened over the years. So uh, mm-hmm. a couple of the changes they made was they steepened the uh, some of the face on some of the fairway bunkers, added a couple. Um, more severe mobile mounds off the fairways, add some pop bunkers around one. Um, one, I, one change I noticed though, and I, I know you look at the GCSAA uh, sheet, I look at it too, and I, I noticed that the rough looks like it's a little uh, longer this year. It's going to be three and a half mm. inches. So, uh, so I mean, it seems like, now I, I don't know if I agree with this, but it seems like they're trying to make it a little more penal off the tee if you're going to miss a mm. fairway. So, but I don't know, how do you react? Uh, how do you, how, how do you feel about that, Andy? Do you think maybe that change might, you know, alter a little bit about the profile of the player you're looking for? Do you think that's going to actually make it a little more of a premium to hit the fairway, or could the opposite happen, where if it is difficult to hit fairways, it's going to make it, you know, you know, favor more of like a longer hitter who can get a wedge under it and get it close to the green? Hmm. Well, first of all, this is news to me. I, Steve, when does the uh, GSCAA sheet come out? Every every year for the tournament, because what happens is I always write my articles over the weekend on like Mm. Friday night and Saturday. And I use the one from last year because I know that it's not out by Friday and Saturday. But when does it usually come out like Monday morning? So here's the thing. So most of this year, they've been actually pretty good getting out a couple weeks in advance. Like they actually have Valspar's out right now, which another for next really? week, that, that rough is going to be about three and three quarters inches. It seems like they're pretty upset that Sam Burns has been winning there. So uh, they're kind of doing what Wiley's did this year, where they drove the rough a little more to kind of make it a little more premium hit the fairway. It didn't really work all that great there. Uh, but uh, this one was actually late. It didn't come out until I think this morning. I did the same thing as you, where yeah. I just looked at last year's. I was like, okay, two and a half inch ryegrass rough. That's not all that, you know, yeah. penal. It's taken a little bit of the importance of hitting it in the fairway at Sawgrass the last couple of years. Um, I also noticed as well, they're not doing the um, the velvet bank grass mix and with the overseas, just a poet trivialis. So, mm. I mean, that doesn't really matter all that much, but the rough thing definitely caught my eye. Uh, and I'm just wondering just because. You know, at, at it's it's so awkward off the tee at TPC Sawgrass. Like it, it just looks quirky and weird. And yeah. that, um, you know, are is it going to be a little more important to keep the ball in the fairway? Because you know, even if you were in the rough and on the right side of a hole, you know, you could still get around. It's really just missing on the wrong side. Now, if you're going to be in the rough here, is that really 
you know, is that going to drive the green regulation breakdown? If that happens at a, as a die course, you know, missing a green, you usually get punished. So I've been trying to rack my brain a little bit about how that change might impact the tournament. Right. Well, in theory, yes. I mean, that's a pretty sizable difference, the difference between 2.5 and 4.5. Because it was 2.5 last year. It wasn't yeah, it, 3.5. It, it, yeah, it's an, in, it's an inch longer this year, which is definitely material. Huh. Yeah. Well, do you think I, it's gonna, you know, is it, it going to stop balls from rolling into the water more? Is that what they're trying to do? No, I, I, th- I think they want to make it where, kind of like last week, where it is a little bit of a luck box that if you got a decent line, the ryegrass off or the ball sinks to the bottom. Uh, I, I think maybe they did notice it with the ryegrass overseed. Uh you know, it wasn't as penal to try and hit balls to the grass green as it was back in Bermuda. Yeah. yeah. Ryegrass overseed makes it way easier than if it was just pure Bermuda rock. Exactly. Like, if you look at, like, pre-2019, you look at some, like, the variance of how total strokes gain is, is determined. Uh, like, like uh, Data Golf has this chart. There's yeah. a big correlation to how accurate you were off the tee in the week that, you know, and how that determined your total strokes gain. Last three years, um, it's been kind of close to PG Tour average. So it's definitely reduced the uh, significance. So I'm wondering if that's going to actually add it. Because, I mean, it, I don't think this is going to be a situation where, like, a wing foot or even, like, a Bay Hill where it's really yeah. difficult to hold fairways. You might as well just go for the longer hitter. Here, driver is taking out of your hands a whole lot. It's positional yeah. golf. And if you screw up hitting a three iron, you know, you're going to get punished. I, I think, I guess where I stand, I think it actually might make it a little more important to hit the fairway, which, you know, it's, it makes me want to actually take some guys that maybe, and you can look up this data, um, you know, how guys perform historically at TBC Sawgrass off the tee, because it is a little weird. It is a little challenging. You've got to know what the correct side of the fairway to hit it on. Um, and guys who just have had problems there, there's a couple of examples uh, you know, I, I kind of worry about their chances this week, even if um, in theory, they're fairly accurate. Yeah, I like that. I'm definitely going to keep that back of my mind as well. I mean, I think the thing about TPC Sawgrass is that it is a course where you do have a lot of options off the tee, right? Like there are a lot of different holes where you're going to see players taking much different strategies. Like there's certain holes where you're going to see some guys hitting driver and you're going to see some guys hitting like five or six higher. Like there are a lot of different options um, in terms of like how the course fits your eye based on what you choose to do. Right. So um, I think for Sawgrass, it's basically just like picking and finding the strategy that makes the most sense to you over time. And that's why I think like, it is a difficult course to predict course history because you can't just, it's not one of those courses like Pebble beach where, you know, Jordan Spieth can just show up every single year. Doesn't really matter whether he's in good form or bad form and he can finish in the top 10 just because it's him and it's Pebble beach. Right. You can't do that at TPC Sawgrass. There's too many hazards and water that will expose you. Like water comes into play on 17 different holes, but it still has the seventh highest correlation between course history and success at this course because it is such a strategic and nuanced course where like if you kind of if you have your strategy 
and you figure out a specific strategy of what you want to do at TPC Sawgrass and you start to say on some of these tee shots, like, okay, I am going to hit driver on this hole no matter what. Like, that is just my strategy. That is the play. Like, once you can start to develop some of those relationships between yourself and the strategy at this course, like, I think those are the guys that are going to have the most benefit. So, yeah, I I like that idea of looking at maybe more so course history and how guys have performed off the tee, uh, especially if there's more of a penalty for missing the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I, I guess, you know, speaking to that, uh, you know, because there is a lot of volatility at this tournament, sometimes there isn't necessarily a specific type, uh, a profile player that can do well here. I mean, like there's been examples of like Bryson DeChambeau up and sort of stop leaderboard, and then Brian Harmon is close, you know, on his heels, two different players. So is there a particular profile you actually are targeting early in the week, or are you using like some other sort of metrics to kind of figure out like, you know, to break ties or are you just gravitating towards, you know, a particular angle this week? Well, I don't know if I have like a specific angle. I think the one thing at TPC Sawgrass is I'm looking for a lot of balance, right? Like this is a shot makers course. This is a ball strikers course. This is a course where, uh, again, like there are certain players that probably just don't like it here, right? Because one thing about Pete Dye and I've had my issues with Pete Dye, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of his in general, but I think one thing that he does really, really well is he's good at like visually tricking players, right? So I'm sure you can definitely speak to this capper, yeah. but like yes. I remember last time I played a Pete Dye course, it was the one up by whistling straights. I'm, I I was up there for the Ryder cup and I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's whistling straights has like kind of a resort up there and there's another Pete Dye course. Um, and I, I remember thinking when I played the course, like, Oh, he's tell like your eyes naturally go this way on a hole, but that is clearly not what you should do. Right. Like (laughs) he's really good at making your eyes or making you think you should hit the ball in a certain place. Whereas that's exactly the opposite of what you should do. So to be honest with you, pretty simple formula. Like I'm looking for guys that are in really good form right now, because I think recent form is obviously the great equalizer. When you get to courses that have a lot of, tricks and nuances to them. And yeah, I think course history matters some. I think driving accuracy, as you mentioned, matters some a lot, Steve. And obviously wedge play is pretty important. Again, I think I think one of the reasons why this is one of Pete Dye's better courses, one of the things I like about TPC Sawgrass is that it it doesn't really um, the proximity buckets are really spread out, right? It's not a specific wedge course or a mid iron course or a long iron course. It's a course that's asking you to hit pretty much every single club in your bag. And, and that's why I think like looking at overall iron play in general is, is probably a better way to go about it than kind of specifically picking out wedge players or long iron players. But yeah, kind of like a balanced mix for me this week. What about you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of that proximity thing, we talked about it last night. That it's actually not sticky either. If you go back through the years, uh, you know, some years it's actually hit more heavily weighted to like 125, 150. Like last year, I think it was more weighted to like 150, 175. It, it yeah. fluctuates around. So, I mean, I I did use a little wider bucket, but like kind of like you, I kind of looked just shorter to middle iron middle irons this year. Um, because it just seems like just look at the profile players, like your, your proper, just no nonsense, vanilla ball strikers. They all seem like they're pretty good from like 125 to 200. Uh, sure. those are the types of guys who just do generally do pretty well here. So it's a bigger range, but you know, uh, help me kind of break some ties a little bit. Um, but kind of like you, I, I kind of went a little bit more feel, uh, you know, looking at course history. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely like, I watch a lot of videos, um, you know, golf. Digest, you know, really I got past some good ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I put that in my column this week. Actually, I, I watched one with Matt Every, and he actually said two things that were pretty, uh, um, uh, you know, interesting. So, first one, he doesn't like starting on number ten, uh, which sure. is funny because mm-hmm. the first round leader lean apparently uh, it's ten in the morning. So ten in the morning. Yeah. So Matt day. Every maybe uh, not the most reliable source. <laughs> he also mentioned that, uh, you know, he, he said that P- TBC Sargas is a nightmare for guys who like to fade the ball, and his rationale mm-hmm. was, you know, on any holes that basically is, you know. Ask for a left or right tee shot. There's not much adversity to the right of the tee box there. So if you really do want to get a draw, you can do it. Anything that is right to left, though, there's usually a wall of trees or just something over to the left side that if you miss left, and that's the one thing you can't do as far as you can't miss left here. Um, It just, you're really in trouble. So, you know, you think about like, you know, Rory, when he won 2019, like he was still, you know, still hitting that, you know, patented draw there. You know, Justin Thomas is basically hitting duck hooks. Uh, when he won, Cam Smith was hitting a lot of draws too. And you think about some popular faders, Dustin Johnson, like he's had some good finishes here, but I can't ever remember him ever contending. Brooks Koepka hasn't really yeah. had a lot of success here. Like, so it actually might make sense. I mean, it's it's hard to play that game of just like, all right, who's a fader, who's a drawer? Because these are right. great professional golfers. You can probably ask Colin Morikawa to draw. I can. But, yeah. you know, I, I think we kind of know the types. We know, generally speaking, who, get, you know, who likes to fade the ball, who likes to draw the ball. And, you know, that, that's kind of like using a little bit more feel with that and um, you know, taking a little guess. <laughs> Hopefully I'm right on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, just well, kind of, yeah, just using that, like, again, like a balanced approach. Uh, if I'm seeing that, you know, something you're usually really good at and you've been struggling with it, I, I feel like with Sawgrass, you can't just bring your B minus game throughout the whole. Uh, tournament that's going to turn to a D game very quickly. So just stuff like that. Yeah. Well, did you guys hear the Rom interview? Rom did an interview with No Lang up a couple. Eh, it's probably oh, maybe a couple months ago now. But one of the questions that they asked him is like, "What is one hole on the PGA Tour that like gives you nightmares or doesn't fit your eye?" And I don't actually remember what hole it was, but he was immediately like named a hole at TPC Sawgrass. He Probably was like, he oh my God, on. I like, I hate the way that this hole, like it just does not fit my eye whatsoever. So I would guess it's probably either 16 or number two, the par fives. Those are basically, you got to hit like a hook off the team with yeah. the driver there. And just like, like he can hit it right to left pretty easily with like a long iron or a three wood, but like ask him to do it with a driver. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's no bueno. Yeah, he has some difficult time, a difficult time turning it over sometimes. And yeah, yeah I mean, he's coming off a week where he just lost over Seven. six strokes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. off the tee. Crazy. So. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it had to be his worst performance, like fucking ever. ever. Right? Yeah, like, yes, it, it, like it can't even be close. Like yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about him. We'll talk yep. about him. We will. So yeah. why, don't we, why don't we take a break and then uh, let's yeah. get right into diving into the uh, DFS tiers. 
Let's do it. Well, listen, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game paddlays, a.k.a. win bets, build your own bet. Uh, March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways of getting down on the end. NBA, NHL, and XFL sign up today to receive a special offer. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks. That's limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in free credit. There's so much to choose from. And all you got to do is head over to sportsgamblepodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblepodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state with way through winbet is available. If you have somebody you know has a game from, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. All right. Why don't we yeah. go right to the $10,000 range? So, Andy, yeah. why, why don't I start with you? So, I mean, listen, all these players are extremely good. We can go over all the particular details of why they're good. But, I, you know, you've done a lot of great work over at Rick Run Good. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. actually not just talking about the types of players to pick, but, like, the theory around DFS because it's a game within the game. So, uh you know, talk about a little bit, the guys about $10,000, where do you, it's early, but where do you kind of get a sense that maybe, uh, you know, the market might be going this week as far as, uh, you know, like, where do you think ownership is going to fall about $10,000? Good question. Uh, I've been thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about this. Um, I do think Rom will be underowned because mm-hmm. he is so expensive and he left such a bad taste in people's mouth that I think people are going, people have a difficult time paying 11.8 K to begin with. So imagine paying 11.8 K for a guy that they just watched spray the ball all over the place and absolutely crater from the front page. Like think about the way that Rom did it last week. If Rom like kind of started out slow and kind of, you know, it just like, wasn't really his week, but then, you know, by the end of the day, they show him on coverage, like holding out for 73 to think about like the way that he did it, I think is going to put a lot more people off of him because he did it in such traumatic fashion where on Thursday afternoon, everyone, we were all sitting here saying like, what the fuck? He's going to do it again. Like, yeah, exactly. This is a nightmare. Make it's it stop. It's a nightmare. And then, <laughs> and then I woke up on Friday morning and he was like irrelevant, completely irrelevant yeah. in the tournament. So I do think that Rom will be underowned. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. Scheffler's always underowned. Like, I, yep. people just don't like playing Scotty Scheffler. I, I, I literally cannot think of a time where Scotty Scheffler was like overwhelming chalk. Yeah. So my guess is that it ends up being Rory and Xander and not like Xander, I, you know, left the best taste in people's mouths either last week. Like yeah. he was kind of, kind of playing well and then kind of played like shit over the weekend. So yep. if I had to make a guess, I would probably say Rory ends up being the highest owned in this range. What about you guys? I think, I think that's right. Uh- like you said, Scotty's always underowned, and exactly what you said. The fashion in which Rom flamed out was so just like combined with like, the price. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, just, like yeah. nope, I don't need that. Yep, I don't need that stress. I'll go ahead and take Rory. Rory's one here. He just came in second. Like everybody likes to play Rory. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think we we'll probably get a pretty good discount on Rob. The question is, do you want to trust Rob again? Right. Mm. So, like going into last weekend, I noticed the week before that he was going left a lot at, off the driver. It made me very uncomfortable picking him last week. And so if he goes left off the box again here. I mean, he's going to be in a fucking world of hurt. 
Yeah. So well, I want to go to. I, I have an opinion on Ron, but I want to go to Steve first. Who do you think ends up being the highest owned? I, mean, I think it's Rory. Uh, clearly, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you can kind of pick nits with the other three here. I mean, Rom left a very bad taste in people's mouths, and he's eleven eight. Like, you can tell that this pricing is old because I think that's probably about maybe four hundred, five hundred dollars too high if we were actually going to reset the pricing to this week based on what happened. Yeah, and all of these weeks that Rom has been on this insane run, he hasn't been as high as eleven eight. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these weeks, like he was 10, 8, 11, 1, 11, 2, 11, 3, 11, 4. So not only are you getting him off like a heat check week, a bad week, but this is the highest that you've ever had to pay for him throughout this entire run. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, with Scotty, the course history hasn't been very good. You know, yeah, you can point to last year as an excuse. He was in the bad way, but even the prior two years wasn't very good. Seems like he doesn't really drive the ball very well here. His strokes getting off the tee numbers have not been very good. Um, I mean, just conception. I, I think he's a fader off the tee. I think that's what he prefers. So if Matt Shuffler. Every is actually, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if Matt Every is correct, that faders tend to have trouble here, that would make sense that his course history is kind of pretty bland and he likes to fade the ball. So maybe it doesn't fit his eye. And then Xander, that that's an interesting case to me because I mean, he's got that second place finish here. Yeah. And then he's missed three straight cut cuts. Yeah. Uh, last he year did. He, he did get boned by the weather last so year. So that's, so that's the thing. I think he was like three under heading into when it paused, he paused on 17th and then they came back on Sunday and it was just a, or Saturday morning. And it was just a complete disaster. I think him, I think all three guys actually hit it in the water in his group. Was he in the? It was like him, Brooks, and somebody. It it might, actually, it might have been Scotty. Uh, I think all three guys hit it yeah. in the water there. So, but Xander was doing very well at that time. And then in the COVID year, I think he hit the ball very good in that first round, but he didn't putt very well. So, right. it's it, it's hard for it's it's hard with him because I mean, on paper, you got three straight missed cuts. Um, there might be a little bit of context to it. He didn't play all that great last week. I mean, he was pretty good through two rounds, and then it just seemed yeah. like over the weekend, uh, you know, on Saturday, just couldn't get anything going. Uh, Sunday, I don't know what happened in the back, and I kind of just unstarted at that point. But I, I can almost see actually maybe him going a little bit lower ownership because I think people might look at the three straight missed cuts and not really look at the context there. Yeah, and um, yeah. look at the guys guys below him too. Well, you got Homa, who's going to be uber uber popular. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think people will definitely skip over Xander, even though Xander always picks up late sneaky ownership. But I don't True. think it's going to be enough to enough to move him, uh, yeah. like as the, not even close to the chalk. I think yeah, it'll be. It could, and I, I think in the year. I think when he finished like second, he drove the ball really well. He drove the ball really well in the COVID year. He was driving the ball very well until uh, you know the winds kicked up. In his missed cuts year, he didn't drive the ball, so it's been a little up and down with him. But um, you know, I. I I'm intrigued by him. I don't know exactly if I'm going to have any bets on him. I'm not really sure yeah. about DFS ownership right now, but I, I'm intrigued. Uh, I actually kind of like Rom though. Uh, mm. I, I'm because I'm, I I think it's more it's it, it's roster construction for me. I don't I'm not really in, in love with anybody in the nines to be completely honest. Mm. Uh, I like a lot of guys in the eights, so I feel like I can okay. go to eleven eight with Rom and then just go right down to a lot of guys I really like in the eights. Uh, you know I. I talked about it earlier in the show how he's done a good job with his long irons and his three woods being able to hit the ball right to left. He had a lot of really good shots. So maybe he can lean a little bit more on that. His overall strokes gain off the tee numbers of Sagas have been really good. I mean, obviously, you look at yeah. the proximity numbers or his success on overseeded tracks. Um, 
you know, if this is a situation where the higher rough maybe leads to a lower green regulation rate overall, or if the greens are, I'm, you know, Capri, you said that uh, yeah. the greens, when you played uh, on our local course, were very firm. So yeah, firm. If the greens yeah. are pretty firm and, you know, balls coming out of the rough there, you're going to get some flyer lies. He's really good around the greens. So uh, I don't mind actually going to 11.8 and then maybe dipping, skipping the nines and going to uh, the $8,000 range. And I, I think, Based on the fact that, you know, he was in final group in 2019. Uh, I think he finished top 10 either in 2021 or 2022. So a lot of success here. Uh, I, I think he can maybe learn from last week, maybe make some adjustments. We're saying, okay, instead of maybe taking a driver on this hole, maybe I just lay back a little bit because I know I have an automatic shot that I've been working on, you know, that can hit a nice draw. And then, uh, you know, he can lean on, um, you know, any of the holes where it does fit his eye with a driver. Uh, you know, hit that fade, and then he does a really good job hitting a draw with his irons. That's really important to Pete Dye golf course being able to hit the ball both ways on the same hole. So I, if, if Rom is going to have a little bit of an ownership discount, I kind of actually like it for roster construction based on some other guys I like this week. Like it. So you don't like anybody in the nines. I, it's, I have, I have concerns and questions, and I, I want to <laughs> okay. talk about with Andy on, on a bunch of stuff, and I know we tried to keep it under an hour. We are definitely not on pace for under an hour. Well, let's yeah. talk about the we'll, nines. We'll let's talk about the nines. Yeah, I don't have I don't have anything more to say about the tens. I, I okay. th- like if you're asking me to choose somebody, I'd probably choose Xander, but I I I could see myself fading everyone in the tens. I I, I definitely probably am a lot higher on the nine K range than you are. Okay. All right. Um let's talk about Patrick Cantley because yeah. I, I can already make the case for Cantley because I made the same case last year and it blew up <laughs> my face. So good form coming in. Obviously he checks all the boxes with the stat sheet. I mean, good at the stadium course at PGA West, good at Harbor town, good at TBC river Highlands. you got the Pete Dye, you know, connections there, but right. That's translating to three missed cuts. And I feel like yeah. I'm sitting in deja vu here. So what's different, I guess this time around with Cantley. Is and, and like I, I I understand the arguments for him. I made the arguments last year. Is, is this going to be different for him this time around, or is chalk can't lay and steamed up to sixteen to one? Is that going to blow up in people's faces again at TPC Progress? Well, I, you know, I'm not. I wasn't planning on playing playing can't lay. I mean, I'm still yeah. not sold. There's this thing with um. There's three players. Xander, Cantlay, and Tony Finau that I don't know if I will ever trust on Bermuda, like mm. fully trust on Bermuda, um, even though all three of them have done certain things recently to kind of disprove that and debunk that myth. You know, Xander's probably the one that I feel the best about on Bermuda of the three because he's had so much success at Eastlake. But you've even started to see Finau start to pile up some good results on Bermuda. He won the Houston Open in the fall. He finished top five in Memphis. And Cantlay is still the one where I'm like, I just, man, Cantlay in Florida. And I, I know he just finished top five at the API and he's playing great golf, but there's something about him on Bermuda where I'm just, I don't know if I'll ever be sold. And I, I just don't like my, my eyes weren't drawn to him this week. My eyes are yeah. drawn to Cantlay when we get to the Northeast on bank grass. Like I just, I don't per- personally 
feel like a strong affection for Cantlay this week, especially if he's going to be super popular. But is that why you've brought him up first? Because you're seeing that he gets the most ownership in this range? Because I was actually thinking it was going to be Homa because I think people have just developed this love affair with Homa because so many guys have been on his outright wins. He's developed this super high floor, um, not that Cantlay has it, but Homa is just like, even his bad weeks, it feels like he's an automatic T25. So I could see a lot of guys going Homa Cantlay to start like yeah. and, and fading the 10K rage and having that be a start. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I could definitely see Homa. Uh, and for all the reasons that you said, plus, like you said, like you said, like they hit so many outrights with him. He engages with, with the golf uh, with the golf internet. So yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you, what, you don't think JT is going to get the most team at, at this price. No, I do think JT will be popular a hundred percent. Like I, 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 I absolutely do. I, my favorite in this range is Finau. I, I really actually like Finau this week. I don't think he's, there's going to be room for him on my betting card. Um, I did bet JT. I got a 22 to one on JT. Um, but I've had a bit of a problem with JT recently <laughs> where I'm just like, he, he seems like the elite to me that has, I know this is crazy saying about a guy with 15 wins and two majors, but to me, it feels like JT is almost the elite with the most approved right now because all these guys have been racking up wins. I mean, Rom, Rory, Scheffler, like, Homa, Cantlay, Finau, like all these guys have been winning a lot. JT's won twice in the last two years. And I know there were big wins. I know they were at the players and the PGA championship, but this is a guy that won 15 times on the PGA tour before his 27th birthday. And since then has like objectively, like his iron play has not been at JT levels for like six months now. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, 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 I have it in my head that this is like, okay, this is JT's time. This is JT's time. Um, but I don't know. Do you think, I don't know, Capper, I didn't spend any time on Twitter this morning. So what are people saying? Yeah. So I didn't spend too much cause I was golfing today, but I, when I was in the cart, I was scrolling through, but I just thought uh-huh. at his price, like you it's see, JT, price. it's a good yeah. price. Right? Yeah. Hey, like that's a, like, oh man, what a what a price discount I'm getting on JT. And you know, one here. Um it's, he's on TV a lot. I mean, he didn't do much over the weekend. I have dug in to, to what what happened. Was it his irons again or was it his putting again? Like that's the only thing about JT. Like I people get JT he actually hit the ball team. really he he hit the ball really well last week, but it was his it was short game and putting, I think, was yeah. was so, the worst part of his game. So as yeah. somebody who had a JT ticket and bid on that 30 to one, uh, and woke up on Sunday morning thinking, you know what? It's time. Missing seeing him miss every single putt on Saturday, see him hit the ball great. Yeah. Um, everything fell apart on Sunday. So would you go back to him after tracking him? Because like I he wasn't on my radar last week. Like I didn't track him very closely, but like would you go back to him, Steve? Something is off. Like, like so? I think you kind of mentioned yeah. like, like that killer, like that was primed for him. Like he hit the ball. So he was grinding on Saturday. Like the putts were not going in, but he was hitting the ball so good in pretty difficult conditions. 
And yeah. I, he was only, you know, he bogeyed the last hole, but he was only four back. I mean, you know, he got Kitayama at four under, you know, and the, it was going to be kind of calmer wind conditions on Sunday. I was yeah. like, all right, you know what? Maybe get the putter rolling, hit the ball just as good. This is going to be JT's time. And he was just bad from the jump. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just, it seems like just something isn't really firing. Now, am I a week too early? Possibly. Uh, maybe this is the time to go back to him. It's a good but... golf course for him. Like this is a golf course that fits yeah, his eye. It, yeah. it, it really is. I mean, obviously with the win, he's got a top five here. I mean, some strong, you know, results in Florida just overall. Um, you know, he said, yeah. he said that round where it was super windy was like one of the most fun one of the most fun rounds he's had in his entire, this golf yeah. course is like JT's wet dream because he loves <laughs> and bones is wet Make dream shots. too, because he loves yeah. shaping shots yeah, and no. sawgrass is so good. It, it's such a, like it is a, yes, it's target golf, but it's target golf in the sense of like the way that you get to your target involves a lot of strategy and is very interesting. So I don't know. I think there's like a potential love affair with JT on this golf course brewing where he's just going to be good here for years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, if you remember when he won, it was the same thing, right? On Sunday on that front nine, he could not fucking, yeah. he could not putt at all. And he kept missing and then dropped it on 10 and then just went, fucking hard on the back nine and like yeah and yeah, he I was mean, hitting like provocative golf shots like yes. 30 30 yard 30 yard like duck hooks off the tee yeah. that barely left the ground like yeah. little sawed off cuts like that shit is jt's wet yeah. dream like i yeah. just i so i you know i i couldn't help myself 22 to 1 he's you know i have a friend in vegas right now that just asked me if i wanted a piece of 26 to 1 Circa has for him at the Masters. Oh, that's twenty six to one at JT on JT for the Masters. Yeah, we were. I know we were both fucking high on him last year, and he and he failed us last year. So maybe maybe we were a year too early because I I was. I think I single bulleted fucking JT. Yeah, I I bet JT at the Masters every single year, and he always disappoints me. And I was planning (laughs) on not. Like I picked Rom to win the Masters at in all of my December preview stuff, and I was planning on. You know what? Just fuck it. Single bullet ROM this year. Like what the Masters is often won by the guy that has been playing. Like we saw it with Scheffler last year. Like I always say to myself after the Masters, like, dummy, you overthought this one. Like it's often won by the guy who has shown you the most throughout the PGA Tour season, which was the case with Scheffler last year. And so I was thinking, like, I'm just going to bet ROM, but like, I don't know, 26 to one on it's good JT. Number. It's a good, it's good number. number. I mean, yeah. there's been some, I mean, not to divert this into a master's podcast. I mean, like Hideki kind of came out of nowhere. Patrick Reeve was kind of out of nowhere. So, you know, no, I mean, there you're, it's not, yeah. it's not every year, a hundred percent, but right. I always feel like at the masters, not necessarily if it's like even in the outright market, but just with like DFS too, I always feel like I, I always overthink it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that I think you wouldn't be uh, doing golf gambling if uh, you didn't overthink things. I do it all the time. Cameron does it all the time. I come up with yeah. very galaxy brain takes, which I'm probably about to make some, you know, in the eight thousand dollar range. So yeah, let's talk about the eights. Let's talk about the eights. There okay. we go. All right, all right. So I I think this is a very interesting range. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of I think very popular golfers down here. I mean, obviously with Hatton, 
uh, you know, based on what he did mm-hmm. at Bay Hill, some success in Florida golf. I could see him. Yeah, I like ownership. Uh, Hovland. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, that, that was a very tough scene going down uh, the back were nine. Guys, and, were you guys on him? No, I wasn't. I was. Oh I was my not. God, guys, sixteen. Oh that's, my that's God, tough. that was. Tough. I was. Oh my God, this this freaking guy. And I I went back to him this week because I just like I I just yeah. I think he is a magician with his ball striking right now, and he is like yeah. the dude gained fourteen strokes ball striking at Sawgrass last year. Yeah, he did fourteen strokes yeah. ball striking. Well, I remember so, we was pretty good. Well, I remember yeah. really you came on the show last year and I agreed with you. We're like, listen, like he sucks around the green. Like last week at Bay Hill, no one was getting up and down. That's going to matter yeah. here. And then it just didn't end up mattering. I mean, I think it well, mattered I also him thought that him. he was like too stupid for Pete Dye courses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where the take came from. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, but no, I mean like that, that shot in 16 and then plugging in the bunker on oh. eight was yeah. just, that was and then All just that's like a sloppy three putt bogey to like kill you in one and done, like yeah. with the money. Yeah. Just such a sloppy to like, not like, great. God damn, he did not deserve a 10th place finish after yeah. how relevant he was in that golf tournament. He, he was, that was, a, that, was, that was a tough scene. Nuts. So, yeah. so in the $8,000 range, I guess, you know, who are maybe a couple of guys you see that might be low owned that might be a decent pivot this week? Well, Hideki's going to be like 2%, guys. But I mean, yeah. like, is he, is he hurt? Like, I bet him last week and, you know, I played him last week in DraftKings and I actually wrote him up and, like, endorsed him in one of my articles. And yeah. he actually played pretty well on Thursday, but played like shit on Friday. So I, I'm, like, scared to go back to him. But to me, that's the obvious pivot. Right. Yeah, but is it a is it a like so is it a pivot just a pivot or do you actually think it's a good pivot? Right. Well, that's 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 the question too. But like, who? Okay, I want to start with the opposite direction before I determine pivots. Who do you guys think is the most popular in this range? Hatton. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of Jason Day and Lowry love this week too. Right. Oh, like Day. Are betting, I thought Day was, yeah. I thought Day people was are betting Jason Day and Lowry. You know who I really, you know who I really like this week? Who I bet, guys? Huh. Why not Zalatoris at this golf yeah. course? I also am on Zalatoris. And let me make it around. 35 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I why not a, Zalatoris? I thought Everybody, that was great. yeah. This yeah. guy was everyone's favorite. And I feel like he's been I asked Kirshner, I was like, Are you betting Zalatoris? And like I just I don't know what what's up with uh, people just like off him right now for some reason. Cause I bet him last week too. And he, you know, he was super popular last week. And listen, like I know he finished fiftieth, but he still hit the ball pretty well. It's not like he didn't like he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think just maybe with the model people. The iron game since he's come back from the injuries haven't been Zalatoris levels. Like we've seen glimpses like in Riviera, he was great, but there's been some clunkers. Like last week he hit the ball. I think it was irons. Okay. They weren't like Zalatoris levels off the tee. He's been really good, which is actually really good because of the back injury. It's encouraging. Why I like him though is, I mean, you think about last year, uh, you know, like, I think he finished what, like 27th or 26th, so, but he was, yeah, yeah, but he was yeah. three back going into the final round. And that was a weird, like Monday finish. Anyways, he was right there. Uh, solid top 30 finish back. in I think when he first played this, 
You know, if he can win TPC Southwind, I don't really see yeah. a whole lot of difference between that place and this place as far as like plotter, everything right in front of you, a lot of water, yeah. um, you know, won that track there. So I, I, I really like Zalatoris this week. Uh, I'm not sure about the DFS ownership, but that's a guy who like I'm looking, he's driven it really well at Sawgrass, really, really good at both Sawgrass and some other PTI golf courses. I looked at some good at some other like Florida, like other similar tracks I looked at as well. Uh, I, I really like Zalatoris this week for sure. Do you guys think Spieth is going to be popular coming off think, last I week? I think people are going to be scared of that back tweak, right? I mean, I think that'll yeah. spook enough people where he won't be mega chalk because they, they yeah. were talking about it on the broadcast. And then, yeah, I mean, you know how it goes. It just snowballs, you know, like, who, who, like, like, like Decky. Yeah. Who do you guys prefer, Spieth or Fitzpatrick or Cameron Young? Of that like middle tier, I kind of like all three to be completely. You do? Honest. I, I, I kind of like I, Patrick I, the most. I think I, I can make a case. I think for all three. Um, yeah, I look worry about Cameron Young's accuracy. He still is not the most accurate guy, even on these club down courses. Like I, so, I, I don't know if I trust him to keep the ball and play off the tape. So I mean, think about what Cam Young has done. Uh, I mean, he finished what top five at Harbor Town. So that's a good point. I can do point. it. Yeah. I actually yeah. looked back last year. He was three under before the weather started to go downhill in the first round. He was in the bad wave. He was three under before the weather started to go downhill. He's actually hitting a lot of fairways. You know, he was actually driving pretty well. And then just the weather just blew him out to sea. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was concerned last week about him because his, uh, his short game was just really, really bad. And his putting has been also bad. I thought that was kind of a bad combo for Ben Hill. I bet him last week. He had every right to be in that tournament and it just, he, he never made that move. He was like right yep. there. He was in the top 10 for the entire tournament, but yep. like never really made that move. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know as he passed the eye test with his short game, I thought his short game was really improved last week. Uh, compared yeah. to what he was doing some other uh, tournaments leading up here. So if that's short up, the ball striking has been really good. I've seen him at least club down on certain places where that's necessary. I I actually don't mind Cam Young this week. Uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick, yeah. I think you can make the obvious case, you know, good history here. Finally hit his irons pretty good. Maybe he's finally shaken off the neck injury. Some decent finishes at Sawgrass and Florida in general. Um, you know, he just one one bad round on Saturday. Otherwise, he was okay on Sunday, really good through the first two rounds, you know, and carry that momentum. And then, you know, with Spieth, obviously with the back injury, that can be a little concerning. The history at Sawgrass, ever since that fourth place finish way back in 2014, I think it's just been pretty disastrous. Overall, though, he's actually hit it pretty okay off the tee. So I think off the, you know, at least, you know, visually off the tee, he's okay there. That's been a concern with Spieth, you know, recently, just as far as how squirrely he can be sometimes. Um, And then with the putter, look, I mean, like JT lost strokes putting and won this thing. And if he's having a bad week off the tee, I mean, Cam Smith even. You know, yeah. loss was really bad off the tee. And he just, I, I don't know. Like, it seems like the, ever since they moved it to March and they had the overseed, like those Sundays, like one guy just caught fire on Sunday. And I can see speed right. kind of carrying momentum from last week into this week, even if he isn't really perfect for everything yeah. I'm looking for this week. What about you, Capper? I feel like me and Steve are the ones <laughs> giving all the opinions. I want more opinions out of Capper. So I, I, I I'm never Fitzpatrick ever, 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 and especially coming off his coming coming off his coming off his neck injury. Um, I can't I can't get there. I just can't. I, this it's just a personality thing with me, and I know it's fucking stupid because it has nothing to do with his personality. But it is I, fucking stupid. 
listen, I know. I'm aware. And listen, I, so I what did you think of the Netflix seat. episode? Did you watch it? I, I fucking hated it. <laughs> I hated it. it like, I, it's the one thing I didn't I think did it was a good, I didn't think it was a good episode. It wasn't a good episode. And then on no. top of that, it was the one outcome I did not want because of that stupid narrative that was going on that week he won here as an amateur he's definitely gonna win and it fucking came true and i, I i'm still I'm, on i'm podcasting with his best friend tomorrow morning rapaport so. oh nice yeah yeah, sweet. yeah. yeah so i'm never a fitzpatrick i th- i think young is good man like we talked about how everybody was on will z we've been waiting for cam young to win like why can't why can't he win here like yeah. like you said like his around the green has improved if he can get a hot putter he's I don't know what he does with the clubbing down, though. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but he plays weird course as well. I mean, he he could have won the fucking British Open, which is a weird course, yeah. right? Yeah. The Harbor Town, the Harbor Town point that Steve Harbortown's brought up makes me feel a lot better because I had a wipe yeah. that away from my memory, but that one makes me feel a lot better. And then the only other guy to talk about is like uh, Tom Kim, who you know I think is a really, really good course fit. Like this is a really good course for Tom Kim. I think he has a way better chance to win the players than he does at any major this year. But I just don't love first timers here. And I'd rather play Lowry or Hatton. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the answer, because Tom Kim, I think, is pretty popular this week. He's in push because the narrative, oh, he's really accurate. He won at Wyndham. So, I mean, maybe people are trying Wyndham to mess a comp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe people are trying to say, oh, well, you know, 20 year old South Korean Siwoo did it. Why can't Tom Kim do it? So, I, I, I would, I'm going to say a little bit of word of caution about Tom Kim for two reasons. Number one, you don't, even though, yes, he's really accurate off the tee, just because of how visually weird it is at TBC Sawgrass, like you mentioned, like, you know, Pete Dye tree, you know, play tricks. Could fool him. Yeah. He might, it might not translate well here. So, I mean, like, like a guy like Morikawa, it's never really translated here and he hits a lot of fairways. Just it might not suit his eye. So yeah. there's that point. And number two, if, if it is a situation where the rough is actually up and it's difficult to get out of, a guy that's that short. Um, you know, with not as much run head speed like Tom Kim, yeah. that might give him some issues. The only yeah. reason why I have more confidence in Tom Kim is because he has Fowler's caddy, caddy yeah. who was Fowler's caddy when Fowler won here. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. true. So yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like on paper, he hit the ball relatively fine last week. Uh, I, I understand it. I mean, but it's kind of like the out of the box thinking that's probably galaxy yeah. brain myself away from Tom Kim, who might end up doing well, yeah. and I'll have nothing on him. So. All right, uh, that's all I got in the eights. All right, but other than that, I mean, like, just kind of put a bow on it. Like, I, I like a lot of guys in this range from Hovland to Lowry to Hatton. I think the only guys I'm not on is probably Tom Kim just because of the first timer thing. Hideki, I'm not convinced he's healthy. I understand right. it's a pivot here. Like, his, I've been, his driving distances have been way down. And to me, that seems like something is amiss. Like, he's like compensating for something because it, it's, it's, like it's almost like off the tee has been like Russell Henley, which is, I don't think very desirable for Hideki as far as like yeah. trying to have that. So, but we'll see. I mean, this is a course he could club down distance. Isn't the biggest factor here. Maybe that could wake him up. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, why don't we take another break and then uh, we'll uh, keep breaking down the DFS. Here. Finish it up. Yes. Yep. That is all right. So, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts. And they also got you covered in a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props. If they're not available in your state, head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay. And then, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Piper golf balls right now. So, look, I mean, you're in my neck of the woods right now. We just got a nice, fresh coat of snow. Uh, Andy, uh, Oak Hill was uh, blanketed with snow uh, for the last couple of weeks here. Be, I'm going uh, up there in a, in a couple of weeks for new member orientation. Oh, very good. So we'll maybe, have to connect. So I'll we'll hit to, you up. Yeah. 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 Let me, let me know. And then we'll have to, uh, we'll connect there. So anyway, so, yeah. I mean, I'm going to the store right now. Golf season is uh, hopefully about a month away for me. Uh, I got to get new golf balls. And obviously I like to gravitate towards the premium balls. Like your pro V ones, your tailor mates. Well, why do that when you can get a discounted golf ball that performs just as good uh, as the top line golf balls. And, that, and that's Piper golf balls. They have a, you know, a full line of, of uh, golf balls that matches your handicap. Uh, the premium ball is a gold ball. That's for scratch handicappers all the way up to a seven. It's a four piece urethane golf ball uh, that has really good spin rates around the green to help you control, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting close to the pin. And that's a real quick way to get uh, to lower your scores is uh, getting your around the green game under control. So go to Piper uh, uh, golf size GDP. Uh, you can get uh, 50% off any shipments over $50. Uh, that's Piper.golf slash GGP and improve your game today. Nice. All right. So let's talk about some of the fucking chalk in, in the 7K range. And we think it's good, good or bad chalk. So Keegan's going to be fucking Uber owned. Um, yeah. What do you think? So I, I love Keegan, so I'm completely biased. But I mean, he had a bad round and he looked like he figured it out on Sunday again. Um, yeah, I like Keegan. Um, I bet Keegan, I, and I, I didn't like, I didn't want to do this coming on your show this week. Cause I, I feel like you pumped way too much air into this guy's tires already, but I, I, I like Keegan a lot and I bet him at 50 to one. I love the way that he's hitting the ball right now. He has really good course history. I think that he has the type of, um, the type of like very well-rounded iron play that should help him succeed on this course. I trust him to keep the ball in play off the tee. Um, I think it's 50 to one is like, I know there were some guys that got seventies and eighties that I would have loved, but I bet a 50 and if he's going to be uber popular, then I'll just probably stay away from him. And why is tiger woods? In the pricing, Dude, think, think, by the think, way, think a burger in here too. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't understand that at all. But like, you so okay. So this is good for me to know because I knew that people would be betting him because I don't yeah. bet Keegan a ton. That I knew that if I was attracted to betting him, that people would bet him. But he's probably. You think he's the highest owned in the seven K range? Yeah, yeah, probably him or Corey Connors, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, wow. Interesting. You know, I think you guys are probably right. I don't know if there's anyone else I would have thrown into that mix in terms of popularity. Like, 
Ricky's Rick, probably yeah, maybe, yeah, gonna get some ownership. Like yeah. Sahith the Gala, like shouldn't he get some ownership? The guy is playing like really good golf. He never rates out well for me for some reason, and I do not trust him to keep the ball in play no. off the tee at this golf course. But like the only other guys that I would have mentioned in terms of ownership, I would think that Keith Mitchell and Sahith would both be pretty popular here. Uh, so uh, that's an interesting point you you mentioned because I, I think see he's it doesn't ever seem like he's all that popular sometimes. I mean I think he's popular yeah. like, with the golf gambling communities, but like as far as like ownership, and I, I think you make an interesting point where he doesn't ever rate well in your models or anybody's models because like his bad performances are, are bad. so so bad, but his really good ones are really good and they kind of offset each other. So if you're running like a last fifty rounds, last twenty four rounds, he's going to have some absolute clunkers. In yeah. there, so but overall, though, I mean, he's been playing so solid. His iron game's been really good. Like, and some other courses where, like, I think we've talked about where you know you can't drive it really poorly, he still has had success. Uh, I mean, he almost won at TBC River Highlands, uh, Sea Island, uh, he finished second there. I wouldn't think of that as a Sahith Tagala golf course, you know, did well there. I mean, Farmers didn't drive the ball very well over the weekend, still finished T4. So it could maybe this is a situation where if this is a golf course where he's not relying as much on his driver, maybe he can keep that under control. And I, I think uh, Data Golf actually put out an article that his big miss is to the right. Okay. And mm-hmm. so if that's his big miss, if he just doesn't do it on the holes where there's water right, which there aren't you know many, I think you know, I can only think of nine uh, where there's water on the right side of the hole. I could see him maybe doing well and maybe, you know, increasing electricity on, uh, on over the weekend at Sawgrass. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right about his DFS ownership though. It's cause he's so squirrely off the tee. He's yeah. like so untrustworthy. It's just, it's an uncomfortable selection. Yeah. Um, do you guys think, you know, who my favorite play in the sevens is honestly, I mean, Tommy ownership dependent. Uh, no, but I like Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood. Um, do you guys think Siwoo is going to be popular this week? Uh, I think he, so. Yeah, you do. He'll get the mayo bump, right? He'll get the mayo yeah. bump. Yeah, so. he's got the mayo bump. I mean, obviously, like, Man, I like he, got, he died. Good, week. you know, yeah. winner here, winner at Stadium Course, winner at Wyndham. Wyndham. Um, What's not to like, I guess? You're right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, his iron play hasn't been all that good, but he still has okay finishes the last, like, you know, three front, you know, terms or so. But, okay. You know, I'll, I'll just really pivot like, to Billy Horschel. I think Horschel oh is God, actually that's a decent pivot. You think so? He practices here. This is not course. I'm not saying it's a. I think that's a. It's it's a pivot. I just no one's really play Billy. I'm just saying it's been it's been ugly, man. (laughs) Someone's been on Billy a couple times here. It's it's been bad. Yeah, no one's gonna play him. But he lit. I think he lives there. He, you yeah, see him he at the grocery store ever, Capper? Like, I'm pretty sure no. he practices his father. Yeah, he, he does. So, yeah, so it's funny. I, he's a guy who, I'm, when I'm out in, like, Ponte Vedra, uh, if I'm like, going out or whatever, I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to run into Billy Horschel or which yeah. yeah, which random I, I, golf I could see out tonight. I feel like Horschel right now is, like, in, like, Kevin Kisner's zone where, like, just everything <sighs> kind of looks horrible, but you're like, all right, you're going to move back to a golf course that, you know, yeah. kind of fits did you theoretically. quite bad at the Honda Classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I I bet him instead. Of, I had a choice between Chris Kirk and Billy, and I picked Billy, and I felt really good after the first round. And, yeah, uh, not so yeah. great on Sunday. Good job, Steve. Yeah. 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 Who else? Capper is part of Ponte Vedra Mafia. 
It's a oh, deli. It used to be Cam. Used to be Smith, Cam Smith. Cam yeah, Smith used to be Cam Smith. Uh, Russell Knox lives here. Um, some of the guys who won't be the playing. The Noang up. The Noang like, up guys live there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I, I don't. I don't follow them as closely as Steve does. I don't really know. I, um, I think. Jim, like, I think Jim Furyk is a uh, Ponte Vedra. Yeah, Furyk. Furyk's here. Doc Redman lives here. Jonas Blake's like guys who aren't playing. Um, but Interesting. yeah, there's okay. a shit ton of guys who live in Ponte Vedra. Like it's uh, All right. it's nice. All right. All right. Any other? Uh, I, I got an ugly name. This is kind of maybe like a joke. But uh, the, okay. Ponzi, okay. the Ponzi scheme himself, Cam Davis, four, I think five oh, straight no. missed cuts now. Jesus but he Christ, just missed man. the cut on. He just missed the cut on the number though. He's getting better. Yeah. So, Andy, let, I, let me ask you. I'm actually playing you this week in a season-long fantasy. Should I drop Cam Davis? Is it time? <laughs> no, don't drop him. But, like, I have gotten so many angry messages about Cam Davis because I just, like, keep writing him up. Like, I can't get away with publicly saying that I'm going to play him anymore or advising anyone to play. Like, obviously, I am going to play him. But, like, I can't endorse playing him. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I'm between a rock and a hard place with Cam Davis. But, yeah, I mean, I talked about this earlier, but um, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about a sports situation in my entire life gambling than I have been on Cam Davis over, like, this four-week stretch. Because at the beginning, now he's at least, now he's at least, like, missing cuts on the number. He, at yeah. the first, the first two cuts that he missed, he missed by like a combined seventeen strokes, yeah, and I wrote him up both times. So, <laughs> anyway, what do you think about what do you think about Burns? Is what you, the state of his game? You think he's broken or like what's going on? I've never been a huge Burns guy, so I okay. just have always I'd never bet him when he was even playing well. So yeah. I just don't have a ton of interest. If we're talking high sevens, probably would rather go Fleetwood. Yeah. Well, he's got a great course history. He's been uh, yeah. first round, first round leader twice. <laughs> he's like in here, so yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think I'd rather go Fleetwood, Scott, yeah, Tagali, even maybe Justin Rose, because it seems like every time mm-hmm. people write him off, I know it's two straight missed cuts, but like he ends up just popping up for first round leader, kind of out of nowhere. So um, you know, he's been pretty good here, and yeah. obviously, one month ago, the form is kind of still there, unless he's just mailing it in because he knows he's on the Ryder Cup team, team now, but. You know, I mean, it's. I don't think he's going to draw a lot of popularity considering he's been pretty bad the last two weeks, but that might be terrible. I'd, I mean, I'd rather have him than Burns right now, which is, which, Crazy. I mean, like, you can make the case for it just because, I mean, he was 36-hole leader last year. He was relevant at the stadium course at PJ West. So, you know, good at Valspar, good Florida history. But, man, yeah. it, it really is just really bad right now like he it, it seems like he doesn't know where the t sh- the t balls go in and the iron play has been just horrific do you guys think there's going to be any mega chalk in the low sevens because i think there is oh who do you think ben griffin everybody's, oh yeah ben griffin's yeah. like ninth in my model this week like yeah everybody's gonna play ben griffin yeah I think no, it's, it's going to be mega chalk. He yeah. was, he was a, I was betting him top forties through the fall and earlier this year. And now like yeah. they've adjusted the price and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I, now I can't really, I can't justify paying like plus one Oh five on a top 40 for Ben Griffin. Yeah. But, I really uh, like Hadwin. I think I'd rather yeah. play Hadwin. He's yeah. got a good course history here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's not covered Had- in the greatest of four. Hadwin and Smalley would be my guys yeah. in the low seven. Strock yeah. has been a little better lately, and he's okay at Sawgrass. And that's another guy who was pretty good at uh, TBC uh, Southwind. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that might be okay. But yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right on um, Griffin being popular. Yeah. I can see Hadwin drawing some ownership. Um, the, mis- yeah. the last miscut will will help keep some ownership away from him. Probably. So that's, what, that's probably so. Yeah. What? So the six K, the the mega chalk is. Wait, I have, I have one more oh, thing got? to say about the. Yeah, seconds. what you got? Remember when everybody was talking about Taylor Montgomery as the second <laughs> coming of Tiger Woods? And I was sitting here saying, you guys do realize that there's going to come a point where he's going to not gain 15 strokes putting every week. And what do you know? Here he is in his rightful place at 7,300. Yeah, he's playing He's playing big boy golf courses now where he actually got to hit an iron shot. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, this guy was taken in like well, well deserved victory fantasy traps. Yeah. This guy was yep. taken. Yeah, people were like, why do you have Taylor Montgomery? Like, look at the guys he's surrounded by in price. Denny McCarthy, Matt Kuchar, Andrew Putnam. Mm-hmm. And I had him ranked around those guys in my yep. season-long ranking. People thought I was crazy. And yeah, I think you auto, I think you auto-drafted him in uh, our little league draft, though. I thought that was the biggest and irony he, of them all. I know, and I've actually been starting him. And, yeah. like, he is making cuts. Um, but I'm surprised. I've actually kind of pulled it together in that league, despite yeah. auto draft. Um, yeah, I, I have my typical the you know like a fantasy football season where I think I'm second in points scored and I'm like three and five. So yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I mean I I won uh, despite leaving Kurt Kitayama on my bench last week. So Oof. that was. Yeah. That was I've so. been having some fun in that league trying to like grind out on the waiver wire because my team is yeah. worse. Yeah. than I think a lot of years is, but I've been like grinding some good waiver wire moves. I mean, you're really good for like the Hondas. Like you, your team, I, yes. I was your team. I was like, yes. I do not want to play you at like uh, the three yes. end. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. like, yes. all my guys are going to be gone and you're going to have like Ben Griffin <laughs> and like Robbie Shelton, like all the really good, like yes. graduates. You, you cleaned up there. So, all right. Yes. Uh, Capper, how about like uh so Webb Simpson are... mega chalk, yeah. huh? Meg mega he's like he's getting he, like yeah, <laughs> like right now he's projecting at like eight, nine percent. And that's right okay. now. Uh, <laughs> so that's crazy. What's uh, funny is because I brought him up last night, like, hey, did he f- find something? Because he made six birdies, you know, on the on the back nine on the Sunday. Good quote. Yeah. It's history here. Like, I don't know. He he's definitely gonna be huge. And then in Vegas, uh, is he gonna be more popular? I um, love Vegas. Then, is he going to be super too. popular? Fuck. Yeah, pro- projected that's nine percent. Because I really like Vegas this yeah, week. Yeah, that's a he's bummer. Really, he's really good at sawgrass, and his TDO yep. numbers are really good. I mean, I, I, I think I any time you get it below seven, if you see a guy with course history and ball striking, that's like yeah. yeah. I was going to bet him this week at like two hundred and twenty to one. Yeah, Vegas. why not? Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. That I fell in. This is that's how I got my addiction to Vegas. Was at TPC when he drained that like fucking eighty five footer on seventeen. Yeah. 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 I was like, I love this fucking guy. And then I yeah proceeded to waste a ton of money on him over the next couple of years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Vegas is going to be uber popular. Uh, Davis Riley. Yeah. Obviously coming off the top ten. Uh, Underpriced. I wish they put out the pricing a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah he would be probably low sevens, I think, after last week, because people yeah. just love Davis Riley after we did last year. Um and then Ryder Ryder and Gim uh, for the super for the yeah. super dumpster dive. Gim. Do, do you Gim. guys have any dumpster dives? I have one guy at sixty four hundred that I really like. But what about uh what about the old guys, Franco Molinari or Danny Willett? Molinari, Molinari, Molinari last week. Yes, Willett, no. Molinari, Willett's, yes, yeah. though. Yeah, I think Willits had uh, two top forties in a row. So, 
Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> um, anyone, no. anyone else for you, Capper, before I give my bomb? <laughs> sure. So, but I, so tell me if I'm crazy. Do I, I always play Fratelli here, right? I don't remember why. As a Fratelli enthusiast, he's bad like 95% of the time. Like you have to catch him on one good week and it could be the players. Like he's played well here before. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's Um, it. He's a really good, like fuck it GPP play. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he's like 140th out of 150 players in my model. So he's, he's going to, yeah, he's going to like finish like eighth at the masters and then disappear for two years. But yeah, that's, that's, that's that's for accurate. How about, uh, how about some Brandon Wu? Um, Pretty good and pretty accurate off the tee. I was looking at another you buddy. Okay. I have another you on my mind. Go ahead. Kevin Yu. Are you guys familiar I, with Kevin Yu? I am. I don't is he in the field? Yeah. Yeah, 6, he's 6400. 6, I don't I don't think he's in the Are field. you guys familiar with him? Like do you guys no, know I, who I'm I, talking I, about? I, I, Kevin I, Yu? I love is. Kevin Yu. I've he's good. He's he's about 40 bets. He's on my fan team. I don't think he's actually in the field though. No way. He's in the field. 6400. Uh, hold on. <laughs> no. He is not in the field. No, 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 no. I just did a search of the tee times. He's not because he's on my fantasy team and he did not have the active uh, check mark next to him. This guy was like, I, I was so pumped to play this guy. He's on the DraftKings slate. Yeah, I mean, so, so, like, so is Tiger crazy. and Burger, though. So yeah. I, 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 ju- I just looked through because I was disappointed too. Uh, and you guys are I, telling me that Vegas is going to be chalk too. I don't, I need to find new guys in the sixes then. Yeah. No, I'm glad I, we had this talk. If Kevin, you was in this field, <laughs> can you imagine old. if you put him in, put yeah. him in your field and it just killed all your fucking lineups. I, that, I was, that, that I was dude is 1 good. million percent going to play him. If you guys hadn't said anything. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> you're you're welcome. I don't, I don't have, I, I don't know. I don't have any other guy. I don't have any other answers yeah, in no. the sixes now that I, my boy is gone. I, I am a big Kevin Yu fan. So yeah, he's I, 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 I am, I should start the, uh, maybe I'll do a Kevin Yu uh, uh, Twitter tracker account. That'll be my, my grand return to uh, Twitter there. So God damn uh, you, you do, you mentioned him quite frequently. How, how about, how about one last name? Another Ponzi, former Ponzi scheme, maybe. Uh, Justin Sa. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's yeah. pretty good. I he's, think he's, he's start, a, yeah. I, he's, I, I, I think he started around it before him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I like, like that. Accurate off the tee and his irons pretty good. The proximity ranges this year have been pretty good. I'm good so. with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Why did, do we know why Lanto withdrew from Genesis? Was it, is it another injury? I don't know. Maybe. Who can say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right, man. And well, that fucking wraps it up. Why don't you tell everybody your nine bazillion pieces of content and where yeah. they can find you? Just go to my Twitter account. It's probably the easiest way. ADP Black Sports on Twitter. But yeah, you can find my writing everywhere. Rickbrenka.com, Golf Digest, Golf Monthly, Odds Checker, you know, every all, all over the place. But uh, yeah, my podcast is good too. If you want to check that out, I have an episode coming out a little bit later than normal because, you know, bigger guests are harder to book. Yeah. You know, it's harder to lock those guys down. But I, uh, I met this guy at the Genesis uh, and we had a good time together at the Genesis. He's a really good dude. And, uh, you guys probably know him from his bar stool and 
is Netflix now fame too. But yeah. I have an episode with uh, Rappaport coming out probably okay. sometime later tomorrow in the afternoon. Sweet. Well, that's a that's yeah. a that's a good good get, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Go check out his podcast. Uh, it's uh it's solid. It's uh it's not just picks. It's it's better than that. Um, <laughs> and so that that's the that's the shit I enjoy. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, tomorrow. We got John Hasselbauer on for. Oh, you guys uh, got a good one too. Yeah, man. Yeah, so we'll do the betting show oh, with John. John and uh, he will no doubt be betting Keegan with me, so that'll be fun. We can all cry <laughs> together. And uh, yeah, other than that, you know where to find Steve. Uh, he's in our Discord. You can find me on Twitter by at Boston underscore Capper. Uh, yeah, listen, go give us a rate and review if you guys got a minute, or go join the YouTube channel. It helps more than you know. So other than that, let's fucking go, boys. <laughs> <laughs>